Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 55. Thanks for joining us. Today, Bonnie interviews Heather, a homeschooling mom whom I've had the pleasure of meeting on several occasions. Heather and her family are an inspiration to both Colby as an organization and to me personally. I've taught Latin to several of her children, and they are the kinds of kids that I hope mine will turn out to be one day. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age. And I'm Jordan. As a product of homeschooling, I'm proud to teach Greek and Latin for Colby online and serve as the alumni and public relations director. I have the great pleasure today of visiting with Heather, a Colby homeschooling mom for many years. Heather, welcome to the Colby cast. Oh, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation very much. We were thinking about over the summertime, folks who have perhaps finished their first year of homeschooling or are considering homeschooling or have decided to homeschool, but still have some hesitancy, some doubts or other hurdles that they're trying to surmount as they are uh, determining whether to undertake homeschooling for their family. So we've invited Heather to come in and share her story with us. So Heather, will you tell us a bit about yourself and your family? Sure. My crazy family. Okay. Well, started, uh, my husband and I um, started us crazy family. Uh, 23 years ago, we got married. Um, We have seven children ranging in age from five to almost 20. Um, The old, he is a Colby grad. He is attending Christendom College and loving it Um, almost too much, but I won't take offense to that. Um, (laughs) I don't know if he likes being away from home or I don't know, but he loves it. So we're happy that he loves it. And um, let's see, we have uh, two dogs, uh, hopefully that won't bark while I'm talking to you. And I would say as a family, um, how just to describe our family, besides crazy, uh, we use humor as a coping mechanism <laughs> to get through. And <laughs> um, I would say a favorite activity of our families is a group karaoke where we turn on some music, put on the words on a screen and sing away just to break up some of the stress that can happen in this ridiculous thing we called life. (laughs) Oh, that's a great strategy. Just to not take yourself so seriously. That's so easy to forget, but so very helpful, right? That can make work Yeah, you got to break it up. Somehow you got to make it, make yourself laugh or look at the crazy things that happen because so if you don't, then it's going to all turn to insanity. <laughs> oh, right. We either got to laugh or cry sometimes. And that's fantastic. <laughs> you turn to the laughter first. That's great. Will you take us back to your early days of homeschooling and tell us how that went for you? Sure. Uh, I feel like it's a long story, um, but I will try to crunch it into some semblance of order. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, you know, when I was thinking about this, looking back, um, the memory that kept on coming up for me was how many people had opinions about what we were doing and educating our children. And that was, I think, really hard. Um, Looking back, the first time anyone ever expressed an opinion about what we were doing to educate our children was when we decided to put our children in Catholic school. And that kind of surprised me uh, that people had something to say about it. (laughs) Um, So we had, well, my husband and I, first got married and we were choosing where to live, we picked a school district uh, area that had award-winning public schools. And because my husband and I happened to go to public school um, 
And so at that point in our life, we were thinking, hey, you know, it worked out well for us. Um, let's do that. And it wasn't until we had children and started to really um, see the downfalls of the public school environment, not including faith and the Lord in the education, that we really questioned our decision. And so we then opted to put our children in Catholic school. And um, I had lots of people think and or tell me that I was crazy. Like, why would I pay these high taxes and not use the educational system? And uh, it sort of blew me away that people had something to say about it instead of being supportive, because we all make different choices for our families. And I'd like to think that I could be supportive of someone that's making a different choice than mine, but it kind of caught me off guard. Um, and so that was my first experience with people having an opinion about how I was educating my children. Um, fast forward to homeschooling, the decision to homeschool. My son was in the Catholic school. All my children were at that point. It was my son who was in sixth grade. And then I had another daughter in another grade, a lower grade. And as the year started, it would be his last year in Catholic school. And uh, it was K through six. And then we had to make a decision on where to send him next. And um, as when the year started, I knew that it was going to be a hard decision. Um, being in Catholic school was not a perfect answer to what we wanted for our family. Uh, we had lots of obstacles, lots of problems with the school, lots of times we had to go in, lots of things we had to object to. And we lived in a diocese that was not strong in promoting the truth. Uh, the teachers at the school were not required to take an oath of fidelity to the magisterium. So we encountered issues with pro-life issues and women becoming priest uh, topics that they were exposing my children to. So it wasn't a perfect situation. But um, as we were deciding the next point, we really felt like this is only going to get worse. Like, it, you know, these are young children. And luckily, mm -hmm. at that point, no major um, issues have come up. Um, but as my children get older, we felt like, okay, <laughs> something, what's going to, what are we going to do? Yeah. So we had to look at where we were going to send our son next in particular, because we knew we were at a decision-making point. So we had public school. We had Catholic school, a diocesan Catholic school. We had a private Catholic school and we had homeschooling. And I knew two people that homeschooled. <laughs> Both were good friends of mine, but one lived close and one lived at a greater distance. And I took my decision to homeschool at first with all the stereotypes that comes with homeschooling. Um, I didn't know anything about it. And I realized that I was judging it through glasses or a perspective that wasn't accurate. So I needed to figure out what it was. So I decided, you know, I toured the the options that we had. I took a tour of the diocesan Catholic school. I took a tour of the private Catholic school. We knew public school was out. So I really felt like it was only fair to sort of tour homeschooling because I wasn't judging it uh, you know, with knowledge that I really understood what it was. So I bugged my friends, talked to them at nauseum. I asked them, you know, what it was, what they did, how they did it. I toured her homeschooling room 
And because um, I never had imagined myself doing it, like didn't even imagine what it would look like on a day to day basis. So I needed to know that. And um, very it was familiar. so helpful. <laughs> yes. So it was so yep. helpful to have those friends um, to support me through it. You know, I did did some reading, uh, off, of course, uh, but I really found that the human interaction and the really tell me your worst day, tell me your best day type of conversations were very, very helpful to me in making oh, the decision okay. to homeschool. For sure. That's a great way to put it to touring it. That's a great idea. Like touring the schools or a tour homeschool. And of course, everyone has a different setup at home. But just to hear everybody's experiences, that's one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is hearing how folks make it work for them. I did something very similar as I was coming to in that last year of really thinking seriously. I was really fortunate to have a friend whom I went to visit and asked similar questions. My mom and sister had been homeschooling for a long time, but I, I wasn't in the home when they were doing that. So I didn't have that lived experience yet. And so to have my friend's experience, and I remain so grateful to her for that time she took with me. Sounds very, there's so many similarities we have in our stories, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah, it really is, you know, support from other people, um, which was so important to me, because again, once we decided to homeschool, um, you know, we had other people's opinion to deal with and mm -hmm. um, the support of others to help me through that was invaluable. Oh, for sure. That was for me. One of the, one of the hurdles for me is what are folks going to think? I'm going to hear about it from folks. Mm -hmm. And I had a hard time with that, honestly, knowing that this would be uh, that I might get that kind of just the unsolicited advice on this decision we were making. That was difficult for me. That was one of the things that kept me from saying definitively, okay, let's do it. Yep has resulted in growth for the kids, but also for me and the opinions of others, they are what they are. I can't change them. And my decision isn't a comment on their choice. Yeah, the opinions of others was just a really painful part of the decision-making for me. Yeah. You know, when we, when I, well, I guess I would say too, that I sort of decided to homeschool. I hadn't yet talked my husband into it. So okay. he was the first opinion that I had to, <laughs> as a hurdle, jump over. Uh -huh. um, yeah. and he, my husband was born in Taiwan and they came to this country for the educational opportunities as, as one of the reasons okay. why they chose to come here. So to be able to say to my husband and then to my mother-in-law, no, thank you. <laughs> We're going to choose homeschooling yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. was something that I was afraid of. And I actually realized over the years, some of the stress that I created in myself, uh, to be a good homeschooler was because I had unknowingly put this pressure on me to sort of be great at it. Mm -hmm. um, so the opinions can kind of carry sometimes unbeknownst to your brain, carry with you for a little bit. But um, my husband's opinion was really the first one that was uh, a hurdle. Uh, I had to talk with him at length and pray. I prayed a lot. I prayed a lot and I would say to the Lord, listen, if you're calling me to this, I need help. I can't make this decision on my own. Mm -hmm. And I'd sit in adoration. I would just pray. And um, one year, my husband and I, or that, that year, um, the year that we decided to make the decision to homeschool, my husband and I happened to be helping with 
the uh, women's conference in our diocese. So we were volunteers and he was helping with audio. I was helping with whatever. And um, Dr. Ray Garendi was there. Now, yeah. we lived in a diocese that was um, not great. So I, I listened to Dr. Ray Catholic Radio a lot to get a good shot in the arm of truthful mm-hmm. Catholicism. And, and so I listened to Catholic Radio a lot. So my husband and I knew Dr. Ray very well. We listened to him. I love his sense of humor. Um, so yeah. my husband saw him at the conference. He was a speaker. And my husband, in my husband's mind, he tells the story that I was going to go up to him and try to get him to help me talk you out of homeschooling. <laughs> because like with that, right? <laughs> you will, um, because he knew that Dr. Ray at one point homeschooled and then one point didn't. And so right. my husband uh-huh. goes up to him, starts this conversation. And in the midst of the conversation, Dr. Ray says to my husband, what do you want for your children? And my husband thought, and he said, to get them to heaven. And it was that very moment my husband's mind was changed. Wow. <laughs> so the Lord provides opportunities. <laughs> and so oh, and he yeah. just he just knew that, that was this was the better path for our family. And wow. so that was a huge blessing to say the least. <laughs> what a gift that answered prayer. And like all the prayers that we pour out to help us see one way or the other, help us know one way or the other. Like, okay, I'm I think this is what you want me to do, and I'm gonna move forward with this. To get that confirmation, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and the Lord kn- knew that my husband sort of needed that. You know, I think in a way it couldn't come from me. He had to really process it outside of, you know, what we were talking about. And this was just a great gift that um, of helping him along the way. And then we haven't yeah. looked back. I'm really grateful that you're sharing this story with us. We've asked our listeners for questions they have about homeschooling to address them and hopefully help folks along their way. We get this one a lot. What happens when the spouses aren't on the same page about homeschooling? So many of us have wrestled with that. And to hear how you have handled that is so helpful to us. So I really want to thank you for that. Oh, no, I, you know, I have the Lord to thank for, like I said, having my back. And, you know, it wasn't without uh, further obstacles, Um, you know, but I think um, that was, we just, really felt that that's what the Lord was calling us to. Um, You know, and as far as looking back and giving advice to other families, that would be maybe a, you know, a a husband and wife aren't exactly on the same page. You know, I would recommend that fathers go and speak to other homeschooling fathers. I think that's an important conversation to have because as women, we're chatty and we support each other and it's, you know, what we do. But I think it's important for you know, of course I can't speak for them, but I just know that my husband, you know, going and then talking to other homeschooling fathers and getting their perspective and, you know, understanding what we were taking on as a family, but particularly me, (laughs) you know, and also he had to change his expectations. Like, guess what? The house might be messier or dinner might Mm -hmm. not be ready, or I might be still wearing my PJs when you come home. You know, it just, it, life was going to change. It was going to be different. And, you know, stepping into that together with, you know, really, I would say less expectations, you know, set yourself yep. up with less expectations. It's mm-hmm. it's going to unfold. <laughs> Good point. And, you know, when we moved, it's been a while since we moved, 
But at the time we heard so much about how stressful it is to move. Like that's one of the most stressful things, right? Is to move. But, and so that period of change, we have to give ourselves some grace around that period of change, right? So same thing with transitioning to homeschooling or beginning homeschooling. It's like allow ourselves this grace period. That's what I called our first year. It was like this grace period, just figure it out. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. see how we work together, see how this is going to go, come to that place of acceptance that it's going to be different. And we're going to have to give ourselves a little bit of room there and not have those same expectations. Like you're saying that helped me focus on figuring it out rather than getting spooled up thinking, oh, we're not doing this right, or we're falling behind, or any number of those other fretful things. Yeah, I think that uh, forgiving yourself for not knowing how to do it, <laughs> like it's new. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I I think as moms, it's easy to think, well, it's homeschooling, and we're home, so this is my realm, so I should just know how to do it. Mm-hmm. No, it's like starting a new job and bringing your kids exactly. along with you. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yep. And it's on-the-job training. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, And I was thinking about um, those early homeschooling days. So when we made the decision to start homeschooling, my husband and I were on the same page. And we started telling people and we were getting all these negative opinions. All of them were not even just opinions, but questions like, how are you going to do that? Uh, What about socialization? Isn't we're going to miss friends? Yeah. And one thing I realized that people just thought I was going to go home and start pulling books off my shelf and using those books. Like people don't understand there's a curriculum. There's, okay. there's places like Colby that help you. And I had to explain that, you know, to my family. And like, I, you know, I'm not just like, oh, that's look at math and pull a random math book. Off right. The shelf. <laughs> you know, there were lesson plans and people really had no idea that, that that's, you know, what it's like. Um, but my, I think the most, I would say, painful memory that I have as far as finally deciding to homeschool was how my son, his experience was as he graduated sixth grade, because that school in particular, um, you know, everyone makes a decision to move on and they all talked about it. They talked about it. They would, where are you going? It's, it's sort of like graduating from high school. Like they ask, where are you going next? And so my son would start telling people and he would get some negative reactions from his peers. So he stopped telling people and I started telling him, you know, it's my job. I'll take care of it. And so I I did. I started telling people and um, and I was I I was even surprised. And I remember um, it got to the point where when he graduated, um, there was a mass and a graduation ceremony and afterwards there was a dinner and we opted not to attend the dinner because at the dinner, everyone would stand up with their parents and say where they're going for the next year and get a round of applause. And I was just too afraid to start him off with a negative experience or anybody's reaction to that. So we didn't attend that. And it was a hard decision. And in fact, I was talking to my son about it recently. And, you know, he didn't remember that's why we made the decision. I said, you know, we didn't let you go because I mean, he understands it now. I think, you know, he was a young kid. So to him, it was like, I didn't get to go to the dinner, but it really was my protective mode was going up. And so I created my own little bubble at that time. And so sometimes I think that has to happen. You just have to 
when you make a decision that's different than others and people have opinion, I think you just have to kind of come in and surround yourself mm-hmm. with people who are going to support you. Because already hard enough making a decision that goes against the grain and then having people remind you of that. <laughs> so my friends group changed and, you know, so many things changed for me at that moment. And it was a painful time, but we're better for it. I'm better for it. Mm-hmm. Once again, I, I have so much admiration and respect for you and your the path you have forged in spite of the difficulties. That's so intimidating. It, that was so intimidating to me. The things you're describing similar because our we were in a, a, a wonderful school community and same thing, you know, our, our friend groups changed. It it was a very different decision from the that which other folks were making. We weren't to the point of the logical progression to the next level. So we we didn't face that same um, public announcement. So I just really admire you for going ahead with it. Many of our new Colby families have have related to varying degrees, how difficult it has been for them to leave their communities, their school communities, and and start homeschooling, uh, and grateful for the community that Colby offers. But at the same time, if they're the only ones in the area, that's been very difficult for them. So I think it's it's helpful to hear these stories from each other um, to, um, I guess, commiserate in a way, but also to stand together. That's one of the reasons that we wanted to have these conversations. You know, it really was the example of my friend Rachel, who was a Colbyer and her strength, because she had already been dealing with that, and her example um, of how to just, you know, make no excuses, this is what we're doing, and she sort of demanded respect of of it, like, for example, I remember going to her house, and I remember she had on her front door this homeschooling hours, and she had her homeschooling hours, and said, please do not disturb, and that just took, like, I remember looking at it going, wow, like, okay, like, fight for it, demand it. And, you know, even for my family, they would call me, you know, I'm the stay at home mom. I can talk any time of the day. No, that all, not that I could, but, (laughs) but in their mind, then I just had to protect that, that time for my family. Like we are doing this. And, um, but I also got to thinking about, you know, why are people sharing their opinion? Why did I become (laughs) a target for unsolicited opinions? And um, it hit me one day that I think I, I was challenging them. Yep. You know, they really felt challenged by my decision. Mm-hmm. And I think as human nature, we want to defend the decisions that we make for ourselves and for our family. And they got defensive, I think, in some regards, when I was telling them that I was doing that. Sure. And they would ask me why. And I would tell them, you know, that teaching my children the faith is extremely important. Um, sharing the truth of the faith and all its richness and beauty is really important to me. And every subject having the Lord and, you know, it's part of it was important to me. And so I think that they were challenged. And so they had to be dismissive. Yeah. Because they didn't so like that. <laughs> it was like a, almost like they felt judged by you. And you made that was different from their decision. They, yeah. okay, not that, not that you were putting it out there, but they, they no, felt that. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't even realize that, that they would take it that way. But I think, and I don't, maybe to some degree, they didn't realize they were taking it that way, but right. I think all the questions and all the, um, you know, I had friends that were trying to talk me out of it mm-hmm. and I just think it really challenged them. And, you know, we all make different decisions um, for our family. And I think an important thing to do is just to respect that. 
Yes. I think it was a, it was one of the things that I took away from that moment was to not share my opinion, <laughs> to yes. try to be supportive of others if they're making a dis- different decision than mine. I also remember talking to this mom. I had a friend of mine who knew that we were choosing homeschooling and she was pretty upset because my daughter and her were in the same class. And so we were walking into Panera for coffee together and here walks by one of her friends who chose to homeschool and then not. And she's like, oh, oh, and she's joking around. Oh, talk Heather out of homeschooling. Come on, come on. You you tried it. You tried it. And I'll never forget. She looked right at me and she said, you have to do what's best for your family. You can't do what someone else is doing because it's someone else's family. You have to do what's right for your family. And that's all she said. And I've used that advice so many times. (laughs) Did that help you you from any? It helped me at the moment. Yeah, I just walked away feeling like, you know, I feel this is right for my family. It's my decision to make. And I felt affirmed in it and more confident in it. And just, it's our decision. These are our children. We feel like this is the best thing for them. And it's different when most people are choosing, but we knew that it was right. We knew that God was calling it to this, to this point. To have those moments of confirmation, like you've had with, with the friend who was able to defer to you, give you the benefit of the doubt that this is not just a spur of the moment decision. Like, Hey, let's just homeschool. Like how hard can it be? You know, I mean, sometimes I joke that like how hard can be, it's all in jest. To come to that place where you give others the benefit of the doubt as a result of your own experience, there's so much respect and charity there. This is not a decision that anyone makes lightly. No, and I definitely felt very insecure about it because it was so different. And I had one friend (laughs) that was doing it, you know, and another friend from a distance. But I I was very insecure. And these opinions were really affecting me um, more so than... I wanted them to, but they were because I was already wondering how I could do it. And then I talked to people and they were wondering how I could do it too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I didn't feel a lot of confidence in that, in that, you know, even before I started. Um, sure. So, but going into that, knowing that it was hard. Um, and at the time I was pregnant and, um, one of the decisions that my husband and I sat down with is that we decided for our first year of homeschooling just to just to homeschool my oldest mm-hmm. because it was such a challenging time because I was just about to have a new baby. And um, we decided that we would just pull out my son. Well, you know, he was moving on t- and we did the first year with just him. And that was good for me. It worked for our family. I had a new baby. Baby was born in August, right? As the school year started. So at that point, we just tried to make it easier on ourselves and transition to homeschooling and, you know, baby number six. So, um, so that was, uh, it was good for me at that time. It was very challenging to have my feet in both worlds because I would be homeschooling during the day and doing homework at night. Um, but still the transition time, the time that I had to, um, pr- you know, learn about homeschooling during the day with my seventh grader uh, was great. And we didn't do um, really any online stuff. It really was homeschooling. Um, 
I think I got help with math because I'm allergic to math. And so, <laughs> um, love it. So we, uh, but that that just making that decision was hard. At first, I felt like oh, a failure in a sense because I felt like, well, I said I was going to homeschool. I should do all the kids at once. But in a way, it really was a blessing because I gained a lot of confidence that year. Um, you know learned how to be a mom of six and learned how to be a homeschooling mom. And then the next year we brought everyone else in. And, um, that was, it was, I think for me, it went smoother and I had learned what was hard, uh, with one and I saw little ones at home. So I learned, okay, I'm going to get help. I'm going to hire college students to come and watch my little ones while two hours twice a week so I can get the hard stuff done. So I tried lots of things. I didn't have any family in the area. So I just, got help. I asked for help and sought help, (laughs) whether it was, you know, someone to clean my bathrooms or um, someone to watch the kids. Um, Just, I just looked for help. And I think that was the road to sanity is just admitting that I needed some help. And my friend, Rachel, and my friend, Peter, who was the friend from afar, um, really supported me in during that time. Wow, so much humility and recognizing that need for help. Starting with with one student homeschooling, I think it's important to recognize that that option is there. Many families do that, I think, but we don't hear about that as much. And so to find this middle ground where you got a great start that way, sort of got yourself situated and we're ready to start with the others the next year. That's a really great idea. Yeah, I obviously started with the older grade because I was sort of forced into it because of yeah you know, my son graduating from the Catholic school, but I really felt like um, I would have picked that if I had to ch- chosen anyway, because the older grades are more challenging um, as far as curriculum and getting to know the material. Uh, I think younger grades are more challenging time-wise, the time right. to sit and read with your child and give the directions, that in itself is challenging. But the older grades, processing things and figuring out how I'm best to teach him history or these subjects that I had long ago taken, how was I going to approach it? So that was having that under my belt for me was, was really good. Oh yeah. So your friend Rachel was using Colby at the time. Is that how you came to Colby? Yes. So uh, when I toured her room, her homeschooling room, she showed me all of her material and she had tried many different uh, curriculums and settled on Colby and I did it as well. Um, I did try a few other curriculums along the way. And I just found for me, Colby works for my brain. I like the way their lesson plans are set up. Day one, day two, day three, day four, checklist. Uh, Other curriculums have paragraphs. And, you know, in the beginning, I didn't know what I was doing. So I would say I did everything, (laughs) which was way overboard. Don't Mm -hmm. recommend that. Um, And I remember um, Colby was a huge support during this time because I would call Colby way too much. And in particular, uh-huh. uh, Mr. Mike Pace is will always have, he was a Colby mm-hmm. advisor. He'd pick up the phone a lot and he'd probably be on the phone with me for at least an hour. Uh-huh. And, you know, he would walk me, as they say, off the ledge, like, okay, well, you know, you are the homeschooling mom and you have your decision. And I would say, but do I have to do everything? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, I was, because I didn't know. I felt like, was I going to be denying my child this really important section of history if I just decided not to write that paper or not to do that essay? Right. Or sure. So just having people tell me 
you don't need to do everything. Pick and choose. Let your child help guide you a little bit. Was almost I almost needed permission, you know, yep. because I was insecure about it. I almost mm-hmm. felt like I needed permission for someone to say to me, you know, don't do that. In fact, I remember my friend Peter when I was I had a young one. And I was trying to, I enrolled them and I was trying to send in the paperwork and so stressed about getting their grades. And he just challenged me and he said, so how is sending first grade grades in that you're stressing about, how is that benefiting you? Like at this point in your life, who is it for? What, why are you doing it? And he didn't necessarily tell me not to do it, but he challenged me to think about why I was doing it. And I just decided not to send it in because it was too stressful and I was just too busy. And I decided to focus on the kids that I had to send stuff in. Yep. Oh, I can so relate to this need to, to have this reassurance or permission. And I'm so thankful for Colby and their willingness to sit on the phone with me and answer questions from this new homeschooling mom. And it's such a blessing to me to support me through that because I, you know, my, my access to people who could help me was limited. You know, Rachel had to homeschool her children, yeah. so she couldn't stay on the phone with me for hours on end. Yeah. So I was so thankful for the people who were willing to support me through it and build my confidence. I had a similar experience in the beginning, having those early conversations with folks at Colby. I'll always be grateful for the time they took with me early on, as they can have continued to. So I still call Colby to this day. In fact, about a month ago or so, I was on the phone with Mrs. Celeste Cuellar and I love her. Mm -hmm. I love talking to her and I love the advice that she gives. And again, it's just Kobe so supportive. Uh, Anyone I talk to uh, and I'm, it's funny because I always feel a little bit nervous when I call, even after going into my nine years, because Mm -hmm. I so respect them, you know, and I so admire what they're doing. And I so admire, you know, how Colby has grown, but they never make you feel rushed. And they always, you know, it's just so welcoming and so understanding and so supportive. And that got me through so much, even in the middle of the day when I thought I'm messing up. <laughs> what do I do? You know, I, I look at an exam, like, okay, it's exam, you know, whatever review week, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, just a simple phone call, like, okay. And I would say things like, how do most parents do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because Sounds I had familiar. No- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I'm in the Celeste fan club as well. Yeah, she gives <laughs> great advice and, and and you know, she taught me to look at things differently. Very often it's ways I haven't thought of something. And I appreciate her expertise, you know, working for Colby and also as a mom and a parent who's done it. I think Mr. Pace retired, otherwise I'd still be bugging him. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many different ways to accomplish this homeschooling business that it does not have to look the same. It will not look the same. That's one of those expectations that we wrestle with early on and and how we come to terms with that has a great effect on our experience, right? Whether we're trying to replicate school, brick and mortar school, or adapt to our home conditions. And I also think we have to be careful, you know, now that we live in this social media age, um, you know, not to compare too much. Um, I remember one time I was thinking about, we moved to a new home and I was thinking about setting up my homeschooling room differently. And so I went on YouTube and I was watching a few homeschool tours and I remember, you know, feeling, Oh my gosh, like, uh, how am I, okay, I got to do that. I got to do this. And I looked at my room and I'm like, could we move a wall? Then I was like, wait, a <laughs> uh, okay. Back up. 
I think that we as moms need to realize that we don't have to look like somebody else. It's going to look different. And I think that we can learn a lot from other people, but we have to make it our own. Yeah. And I remember going to my husband when I was reading these books at the beginning and um, looking things online. And I would say to him, I got to do this and I got to do this. And this mom does this I read about. And this is what they recommend in this book. And he would say to me, don't worry, God will give you the grace. God will give you the grace to do this. He's calling you to this and he's, he's going to give you the grace. And so I was like, okay, but, but I got to do this and look what she does and look what she does and, and look how this looks. And he would say to me, and the Lord gives them the grace to do that, that family, the grace to do that. And I would still bug him. And he would finally say to me, stop expecting someone else's grace. God will give you the grace that you need. And you're going to use that grace to create your homeschooling environments, routine, or whatever it was. And that really impacted me. Oh, that's so true. And is it in Second Corinthians, my, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness. That's a passage that spoke to me early on in my mothering time when I had, yeah, everybody was little, I and mean, I apply it a lot to the homeschooling environment. God will provide the graces. Yep. That's he so will true. provide the graces and not someone else's grace, the grace that you need. Right. You, know, I can't, you can't look like somebody else. Your children aren't their children. Yeah. Your gifts are not their gifts and vice versa. It's, it's going to look different. And it might look from the outside messier but to you it might look perfect you know in so many ways because it's what you need with your gifts and your children's abilities and the way your family works have enough confidence to know this is what works for my family but also enough humility you know to change it if it needs to be right both of those are so key and and speaking to the to the comparison trap though so often the posts that we see on social media of other folks setups they put their best foot forward, right? And just outside the frame, they might say, sometimes they'll even say that, just outside the frame, I have this explosion of laundry, but you can't see that because it's, it's not in the picture. And so we're comparing our own inner, all of it, <laughs> yes. our worst moments to their best moments. And that is such a trap. It's it's so important it to recognize that. In fact, I decided to separate myself from, from that trap, particularly early on. I never okay. got on Facebook. And then I sort of continue that trend as I'm, I'm very uh spend very little time looking online because I know the trap it can make you feel self-conscious or you're not doing enough or you know or you know this person's so crafty or this person's so and it's just you know uh I want to find ways to build myself up and I know that I can be insecure about certain things so I try to avoid the traps of you know things that make make me feel self-conscious and that's really important yes but I think it's also important to, to be able to talk to, to moms and see what's working for them. So it doesn't mean that I avoid conversations. I just avoid, I don't know, my, my husband tells me, you just want the truth and you want people to give you the nitty gritty and the bad. And, you know, and so I have a group of friends. We haven't gotten together in a long time, but we would get together and just joke about, you know, the, the messiness of it. And we would tell silly stories of what happened that day, all with a sense of humor and because life is messy. And we would just talk about funny things that happened and try to find the the positive in it and the humor in it, because life is surprisingly unpredictable. You can have your schedule, you can have your, you know, plan for the day, but then 
something happens. Someone's coloring on the wall or, you know, I have a picture of that I took of my son almost in the dryer who was trying to help me do laundry because <laughs> I was homeschooling and he decided to help. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so those moments I try to make sure I take a picture of or try to remember it because, you know, I have a choice. I can flip out, which not to say that I don't a little, but I try to take a picture so I can force myself to laugh about it. And then when my husband comes home, I'm like, today we learned how to get him out of the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, I really admire your decision to find the funny, to seek out those moments of levity. That's so important to maintain perspective. Yes, it's hard. There are some really tough things that happen. And those are such good habits that you have cultivated in in it. It's how I Living survive. This out. It's hard, uh, hard it's earned. Like I, I know it's hard earned. Yeah, I know that. It's a coping mechanism. Kind of just, just to <laughs> laugh, just to laugh. And I found, you know, during the stressful times, because one of the things that I still find hard is managing little ones with older ones. And so uh, I tried this year, let's do the little ones in the morning, get rid of them, and then focus on the older ones. And the older ones can do independent work. And not only that would just fall apart because little ones would come back in or they would... <laughs> This didn't work perfectly. It is what it is. It's not going to be like they're going to sit there and do their work. And it's not. No. So when tension would get high in the room, I would just start dancing or I would just start reading. I have these. It's called the unmotivated (laughs) calendar. You thick off a thing from the day. And it says things like due to tonight's lack of sleep tomorrow has been canceled. Uh, Just little (laughs) things that I would read to make me laugh. I actually got caught on webcam this year dancing because my daughter's online and I was dancing in the background uh, to no music, just dancing, just to break up the craziness, you know, and, um, and that was quite embarrassing for her. And, um, (laughs) but, but I, you know, I was either dance or start yelling and I decided we're going to dance. Let's just dance. And the kids all look at me like, oh my gosh, mom, you're so embarrassing. Can the neighbors see and that would just break it. Just like that, it just broke it. Yep. When you feel that tension getting high, do something to break it. Walk outside. In the beginning of homeschooling, I had this habit of thinking about the things I didn't get done for that day. Mm-hmm. And I changed that. Uh, I started to make myself write down, you know, five positive things that happened in the day. Oh, and sometimes it didn't have to do with homeschooling. You know, like right. sometimes yeah. it was just... Um, you know, my little one came over to me and we talked about the picture he drew and nothing, to, you know, just taking that moment to sort of force me into, I need something positive to write down today. So let's try to make some positive so I can write mm-hmm. something down because I was so yep. good at the negative. <laughs> I too go straight to the negative, like think, oh, well, I didn't do that. I should have done this. I should have done that. That didn't go very well or whatever. What a good idea. The antidote to that, holding yourself to finding those five things. That's a great idea. One of the things that I also do is on my desk, I have a lot of holy pictures because in the middle of the day, you know, when I'm not feeling so funny or I want to turn on the music, I just look up and I, I pray, you know, um, right there, there's Mary and right in front of me. And I just start praying. And I know that, I know that I'm doing what God has asked me to do. It's not easy. Sometimes I get frustrated with him because I say, why are you asking me if this, this is yeah. me, why are you asking this of me? But I know that so much has come from it. I even know how to describe it. It's hard to put it into words. But the Lord has provided so many blessings through this experience of homeschooling. It's brought our family closer together. I've been able to 
get to know my children in ways that I never knew them before, particularly the ones that were in Catholic school. And now that I know, yeah. I know how they learn. I know, you know, this, this child doesn't like, he needs, um, a quieter environment. So we, we got headphones for him and just, I never would have known that these things that I've learned about like what they like, what they're really interested in, what can we explore more, you know, let them take the lead a little bit. Um, so many blessings that have come out of it. I mean, it's hard, but got to look at the positive and, and open your eyes to the blessings that will come because they will come. They will come. I knew as I was making these decisions that the devil was trying to push me off track. This is not yeah. where he wanted me to go. Mm-hmm. And he used people and people that I cared about and people that I, their opinions I valued to try to push me off track. And prayer is what kept me going. Prayer and support of those who understood why I was making this decision. And so the Lord has blessed our family because of the difficulties and he continues to. And it's not, I mean, it's not like it's perfect. It's not like I'm almost nine years in and things are great. No, I still have some of the same struggles that I did in the beginning. Uh, You know, there's no perfect antidote when it gets hard, but prayer and looking at the positive and trying to find ways to push through is what we've done. (laughs) Yep. So often my prayer is come Holy Spirit. When the going gets tough, come Holy Spirit. I say it a lot. (laughs) Absolutely. No, and we dedicated this year to the Holy Spirit. uh, And we, every morning we start our school day with prayers of the Holy Spirit. We just all know, like, let's go. This is, we're going to do this today. And so that's the sort of attitude we have. I mean, I I mean, I share with my kids, this is hard. You know, I I have them part of the conversation. This is hard. In the beginning, I was saying, this is new for me. I'm trying to figure it out. It's new for you. We're going to learn together. We're going to grow together. And through the grace of God and and all the gifts that he's provided for us, we're going to get through. And this year in particular, I felt like I needed the Holy Spirit, you know, after COVID and after all this stuff being extra hard, I thought, okay, let's kick it up a notch. Come Holy Spirit. We need you this year, even more. And again, he did not fail us. (laughs) So Heather, this has all been such a gift to us. Uh, Are there words of wisdom that you might have for families who are just getting started or who are on the fence about homeschooling or who are facing down some criticism? these things that you have dealt with yourself and have been so transparent and sharing with us in such a humble and charitable way that they remain with you, but you have found ways of, of rising to the occasion. What would you like to leave with our listeners today? First of all, pray. Just keep the Lord in your mind, in your heart. It's so much of what I do throughout the day, uh, talking to him throughout my homeschooling day, complaining to him mostly, but just having that communication <laughs> with him because I knew it wasn't easy when I started and I knew I was going to need him to get me through it. And that just makes me really feel like I'm not alone. And even though in the beginning of our homeschooling uh, career, we were in a community that lacked homeschoolers, you know, he really provided and put people in my life that helped me through that time. And um, so prayer, I know it sounds kind of cliche-ish in a sense, but just, you know, like, oh, just pray about it. No, like really give yourself over to the Lord and just, you know, humble yourself and say, I'm scared about doing this. I'm scared this is hard. And I could list all the reasons why I think I shouldn't have um, done it, but he's provided. And so pray. And then secondly, surround yourself with people that are going to support you. You know, um, it's really important to hear positive, encouraging things. And so if people aren't going to provide that for you, then just limit the conversation that you have with them about it because it you don't you want to build yourself up you don't need people 
adding to the bucket of things that you're insecure about. Uh, and the other thing is don't compare yourself to others. Don't expect your homeschooling life to look like somebody else's. You know, it's yours. It's going to look different. You'll have ups and downs and things that will, will work and won't work. But, you know, it's going to be yours. And, you know, when you do struggle, yes, go to other families. Ask, what did you do for this? What did you do for that? Don't compare yourself to others. Expect your homeschooling life to look like theirs. But at the same time, take what they're showing you or the advice they give you and make it yours. Make it work for your family. You know, you know your family. You know yourself. You know your gifts that God has given you. You know your struggles. I love to talk to other homeschooling moms, but I've learned to take advice they give me and apply it to my family, our structure, our routine, our personalities, our craziness. And I think it's great to, to talk to other homeschooling moms, um, but don't try to be them. Be you. <laughs> God so true. created you and all the messiness and all the blessings and take all that and make it yours. <laughs> he does provide and he, I can see how he's put people in my life and just look for that, you know, look for, for the ways the Lord is answering your prayers because it not, might not always be the way you expect. <laughs> I've definitely learned that lesson a lot in my life. <laughs> so true. And a, and a good dance party can help a lot too. <laughs> and karaoke for sure. <laughs> I love a lot of 80s music. So we're, we're singing aha a lot. Take on me. It's a, it's a ballad almost here. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Oh, Heather, what a fun conversation. What a, what a wonderful conversation this has been. It's been my great privilege to meet you and visit with you today. Thank you so much for all you have shared with us. Thank you. And it was a blast. I really enjoyed sharing my stories. It's good to, to talk about it and have all these memories. And I think my children, um, when they knew I was going to do this, they were just nervous that I'd embarrass them. And I just told them that's my job. <laughs> Mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.